All roads essentially lead to trust when it comes to branding. It is the holy grail of branding and it's the whole purpose. If you have established consumer trust, it means you are considered a safe experience to a consumer and people will choose the perceived safe experience every time. And that's the purpose, is, is to become known as a safe brand, a safe experience. Welcome to Marketing Builder, the show where you'll get lots of little bricks of marketing advice to help you build up your marketing and your business. Drawing on over 20 years of marketing experience, your host, Daniel Oyston, will dive into a topic and provide you with short, sharp and to-the-point marketing advice that you can apply to your marketing straight away. Welcome to Marketing Builder. Let's get on with the show. Hey, hey, legends, pumped to have you joining me for this episode of Marketing Builder and also Peter Ring from Altitude Brands. That's the voice you heard at the start of the show. And Peter has been the creative architect of over 100 brands and brand experiences. In my hometown of Canberra, Australia, Pete was part of the legendary Zoo Creative Agency and he was part of the leadership team that helped it after it was born from a merger to grow exponentially and very successfully to around 80 staff. The truth of the matter is, at the time, if you were a big brand in town, you worked with Zoo. Peter rose to be managing director before in 2009, striking out on his own and starting Altitude Brands, helping many more successful businesses. Peter describes his ideal client as someone who wants to reach their potential and has the desire to make that happen and move to the higher level. That's because his positioning statement is aim high. And if you do and you have the motivation, there is no doubt whatsoever Peter can help you build an amazing brand. And that's why I invited Peter on the show. He's worked with some of Australia's biggest brands, but also SMEs like restaurants and small consultancies. So Peter brings not only the depth of knowledge to the chat that you'll find valuable, but also the breadth. Peter is renowned as a visionary creative and strategist. And so I started off by asking him a very simple question. What's the best thing about working in branding? Helping businesses gain confidence to reach their potential. It's really interesting, Daniel, that I've thought about this over the years as to why I do what I do and, and where I get the buzz. And, and what I've realized is when I really assess what it is I do, is I deliver confidence to, for the client. I actually give them the confidence to go and grow their business and their brand is like their partner it's like their their best salesperson and they they partner with their brand and they go into the marketplace and they and they grow so they've got this confidence and prior to me coming along they don't know where their brand sits and they don't know how their brand fits in with their business or their proposition to their markets and hopefully after I've been in their business and helped them, they do know and they have that confidence to go, I've got something really valuable here to present to my clients and they move forward with great confidence and it's it's amazing to see. So that's what I deliver, confidence. I love that comment around confidence and interestingly for me, brands are always something that are 24-7. A business might only physically be open from let's say 8.30 to 5.30 but the brand is 24-7 and so the business owner and the staff need to have confidence that that brand is there representing them correctly. Totally, absolutely spot on, that's right. There is so much that goes into marketing to build trust with a target market, potential customers, and branding is just one of those elements. How does branding actually help play a role in building trust with the target market? All roads essentially lead to trust when it comes to branding. Um, it is the holy grail of, of branding. Um, and it's the whole purpose. If you have established consumer trust, it means you are considered a safe experience to a consumer and people will choose the perceived 
um, safe experience every time. And that's the purpose, is, is to become known as a safe brand, a safe experience. So let's do a little exercise, uh, Daniel. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions. This is exciting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn this around. And uh, for your listeners, we haven't rehearsed this, so it'll be interesting to see. But just as an, a bit of an experiment, if you have to fly to Adelaide tomorrow, which is a safe airline brand that you would choose straight up? Qantas. Thank you. If you were to have to buy garden tools tomorrow, um, which is a safe hardware brand outlet that you would go to? Bunnings. And if you have to purchase toothpaste tomorrow, which is a safe toothpaste brand you would choose? I'm going to say Sensodyne, but I, that's the toothpaste I use, but it took me a while to remember the name because I wanted to say Colgate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but Sensodyne is the right answer, right? Because that's your safe brand, right? Um, Colgate might be mine, but, but um, Sensodyne is yours. If you need to buy groceries, which is a safe supermarket brand you would choose? Coles. There you go, right? So some people might choose Woolworths, some people might choose um, Aldi, whatever. But my point is that I can put that question to you and you immediately have an answer. And that's the purpose because you feel that you trust those brands. You know that if you go to Bunnings and you buy a tool and you bring it home and it breaks, you can take it back and they'll give you your money back or they'll replace that tool. You know all those things and, and that's been created. That's the brand experience. That's what's been created and you have trust in that. Further to that, research has shown that um, a clear denominator for attaining and building and maintaining consumer trust is demonstrating shared values to your marketplace. So for those businesses out there right now who are thinking, um, well, how do, I, how do I build and maintain trust? Well, if you demonstrate shared values consistently and in alignment to your identified um, ideal client, then you will, um, you will be successful. There's no, there's no doubt about it. So that's an awesomely powerful proposition to just think about, I need to demonstrate shared values to my, to my clients. And if I do that consistently and in alignment, I will, I will continue to have their service. If I don't, I will lose them. So you shouldn't and you can't be all things to all people. You need to determine who your ideal client is. You need to determine what their values are. Those values should be aligned with yours. Otherwise, you're pretending and they'll know you're pretending. And then go to market. And that's what I do. I distill all that and then I say, this is your proposition and this is your ideal client and this is why these two things will, will marry and you'll be successful. So you mentioned there, Pete, about going to market. And you and I see... A lot of people stressing about their business name and logo and colours, i.e. their overall branding, at the start of their business journey, when just when they're trying to figure things out and they might have a business idea. Sometimes it feels like people, they think they need to get their branding in place before they can do some other things around getting their business going or expanding or growing or whatever they, it is that they have on their plate. Let's say I'm a new business. When's the right time to come up with my branding? Well, I'll tell you what happens to me is I often get called into businesses after about two years of them being in business and they will say to me that, um, you know, our brand just isn't connecting with the audience and it hasn't gone as we expected and, and so forth. And, and I always say to myself, gee, I wish you'd called me, you know, prior to going to market and we could have sorted all that out. So for me, the answer to that question is at the beginning or even before, at the very embryonic stage of your thinking about your business, branding needs to be paramount. Uh, when it comes to branding, the George Bernard Shaw quote for success in life, which is uh, be careful to be born well, is so appropriate, you know, and I, and I say this to my clients. 
because it's the crux of what you're presenting. It's the crux of uh, this is who I am. This is how I can help you. This is what I value. It marries with your values. And this is how we can have a, a successful relationship together. If you don't do all those things right at the beginning, then you're probably set up not to be as successful as you could be. Is that a point that if you get that right at the start, it then permeates every decision and every action you take as you build, launch, and, and then grow your business? Absolutely. Your brand is the promise of your experience. So that's, that's what I say to my clients. It's the promise of your experience. If you come to me, this will be the experience. So you need to identify this promise and be sure that you can deliver on it, right? Don't make false promises. And then deliver in alignment with your consumer and consistently deliver that is the most important component. We see some unusual pairings of brand names with industries, for example, Apple and telecommunications. And it sometimes feels like business owners don't think they can be successful unless they have the perfect name and logo. But how much of a role does the business itself, its products or its services, the way they treat customers, the staff that are involved, et cetera, actually play a role in building and positioning a brand to what it truly is, i.e., is that all actually more important than the name and the logo? They are intertwined, in my view. Um, what you promise and what and how you deliver that is your brand. All right, so your people need to be on the same page and the way you deliver it all needs to be on the same page. And the, the way you treat your customers when things don't go right, that, that, well, that all is part of the experience. Your brand is the experience and it's about that attention that you pay to the delivery of that experience. It's the, the, the total experience, the promise that is made, the service that is then delivered and the results you feel after the experience. That's your brand to the consumer. I'll tell you a quick couple of quick stories about brand experience, the expectation and the result and, and, and how, how you manage um, it. When I was working with the Canberra Times back in 2005, you probably weren't even born there, Daniel. <laughs> Very kind. Um, uh, I was sent on a, uh, a sojourn, a, a trip to go and look at all other newspapers in, um, in the UK and the US, and it was a three-week trip. And I just had uh, two little babies, uh, two girls, uh, two toddlers. They were uh, three and four. And so I'm traveling around the UK. I'm traveling around the US. It was, it was great. But after about two weeks, I was starting to get really, really homesick. And then uh, third week into it, I was about to come home. And I remember walking down Heathrow Airport. And there on the terminal was this Qantas plane. And all I could see was the, the flying kangaroo. And I looked at that and I started to well up because that represented home to me, you know. And then I got on this steel cylindrical tube, which, um, which is effectively what a plane is, on, on a strange country's tarmac. And I sat down and there was the stewards and so forth in their Aboriginal uh, motif uh, uniforms and so forth. And I sat there and I just realized I was home. Even though I was in a foreign country, because I was in a Qantas plane, which is Australian, and the spirit of Australia, I was home. And then the most amazing thing, you know, I, I was, I was uh, so emotional. And then you fly into Sydney and you, and you fly into that harbour and you see that Sydney Harbour Bridge. And it's just overwhelming, right? So Qantas being the spirit of Australia as a brand really resonates um, with us. And, um, you know, it's one of the great brands in the world. But what I'm trying to communicate there is that it's about that emotional connection, right, that I had, that I could be in a foreign country, but that Qantas brand meant home to me. So that's how powerful the emotional connection is for, for branding. 
And another story is about how a, a, a brand managed a poor experience and, and did it so well is my wife, I think it was our 20th wedding anniversary, decided that she'd splurge on us and she uh, took us to Singapore and she booked the Ritz-Carlton and she booked the club room and it was like $2,000 a night and I think we were there for four nights and this is Singapore Grand Prix week and um, anyway we're on the club floor so you get you know the free champagne and the, and the nibbles and all the rest of it and we went to bed that night and at about 1am there was this almighty noise that I didn't even hear because I'd, I'd enjoyed the uh, hospitality of the <laughs> club lounge too much but Debbie heard right and she went outside into the hallway and they were doing all this industrial cleaning, you know, the sandblasting and, and, and so forth. And um, she looked at the cleaners and they looked at her aghast and they just you know, looked at, what, what are you doing here and, and, and so forth. Anyway, they stopped and they left and Debbie came back to bed and we got up the next morning and we went down to breakfast and on every floor there's a concierge. Now, remember the brand promise for Ritz-Carlton is quality, right? You pay top dollar, but everything's got to be spot on right, right? You, you, that's, that's their delivery. That's their promise. You're going to pay a lot of money, but everything should be quality. And it wasn't. Anyway, so we go down and the concierge says, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Ring, how was, your, how was your night? And Debbie felt like, okay, you're asking, I'll tell you. And she, and she told them. And again, the, the concierge was, uh, had a look of horror. And uh, she said to us, well, what are you doing today? And we said, oh, we're going to go and have a wander around the Mirage. And she said, well, um, I, I'll, I'll sort it out and I'll, I'll have something for you when you get back. And so we went um, and had a look around, came back and we walked in and she said, oh, Mr. and Mrs. Ring, we think you're going to be happy with what we've done. And she said, we've upgraded you to the president's suite, right? This is Singapore Grand Prix week, right? I've got to tell you, Daniel, the, Singap <laughs> the, uh, the presidential suite has, has, has been home to Bill Clinton, I know for a fact. So and that's my claim to fame. I've slept in the same bed as, <laughs> as Bill Clinton. And um, anyway, this, this uh, suite was, was massive, you know, um, probably 300 square metres. It had libraries. It had uh, massive dining rooms, media rooms and so forth. And I'm calling to Debbie from one side to the other. And uh, we were just running around. Massive big windows overlooking the, the, Mirage, the Marina Mirage. And uh, just spectacular. So, that, so we thought, this is amazing, right? This is fantastic. Thank, I'm, I'm glad that happened. Next thing, the doorbell rings, and they bring in one of those silver coshes with uh, champagne and fruit and all that sort of stuff. And they said, oh, this is complimentary. And we just sort of said, thank you. And then he left. Five minutes later, the doorbell rings again. We open it, and this lady comes in, and she hands us this envelope, and she says, we've got a spa booked for you at 5 p.m. today and uh, a full complimentary spa package. And we're going, okay, thank you, thank you. And then the, the, she goes, and then the doorbell rings again, and it's the driver from downstairs, and he says, we're offering you the full limousine service for your, your stay here at no charge, uh, complimentary. And I looked at Debbie and I said, they've gone overboard. Why are they doing this so, so, you know, so much? And Debbie said, well, Peter, because, and this was 10 years ago, she said it, and this is when all the, the uh, trip advisors and all that were emerging, as she said, it's, um, it's because the last thing they want is to put a complaint up on online or on TripAdvisor or whatever, you know, talking about our experience with the brand. And what had actually happened was we shouldn't have been placed in that room every every quarter. They do a total uh, uh, industrial clean and we should have never been there. So, but they went overboard. And my point here is if you F up, fix up and fix up really, really well, because what happens is I'm now extolling their virtues. I'm now promoting that brand Ritz-Carlton 
and what I know is when I say to this 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 uh, experience to my my uh, brand workshops, everyone's sitting there going, "I wish that would happen to me." You know, that's so exactly you, what I was thinking. Yeah, Pete. you you actually want something bad to happen. It's not the bad thing that happens. It's how you respond to it from a brand perspective, because you can turn a bad experience into a positive experience. While Marketing Builder is the name of this podcast, it's also the name of an awesome product that can help you sort through all the fluff of marketing advice out there and focus on the important stuff. Marketing Builder is a card-based system supplemented by online video lessons that walks you through, step-by-step, the most important things in a marketing plan, such as buyer personas, pipeline analysis, objectives, strategy, goals, budgets, and the fun and sexy stuff, the marketing tactics. And there's over a hundred of them for you to consider using. The card sorting process results in a visual representation of your marketing, where you can easily see how people will engage with your marketing as they move from awareness through to a customer or client. Whether you're a small business owner trying to develop a marketing plan that you can actually use and are confident in on that very limited budget, or a seasoned marketer wanting others in your organization to have real buy-in and engagement with your marketing, then Marketing Builder is perfect for you. Visit marketingbuilder.net for more information. Now, the reason you're listening. Let's head back to the show. I love the story going back to Qantas. I love that story about the emotional connection and the impact it had on you because it strikes me that it wasn't just about the name, the logo and the colours. There are so many things that went into leading up to that point. But most listeners would think that, well, I just need to get a good name, a good logo and have have good colours. But what else is important in creating a brand and positioning it well? And you're spot on right again. The reality with the Qantas experience is back in the the 80s, they, they spent a lot of money on, on branding and advertising. And I don't know if you recall, but they used to have the I Still Call Australia Home campaign and they had the kids on the mountains, uh, the big choirs in, in all the countries uh, singing that song. And what that evokes in you is this connection, this emotional connection. And so you think of that song and you think of those, those kids singing on the mountains and that all belongs to that brand and it connects to you. And that's why when the minute I saw that flying kangaroo, all that came flooding back and I'm thinking of Uluru and those you know, wonderful spots of, of, of Australia. So the point of branding is to, is to in effect um, be effective in order to be effective. So if it, you know, I have a saying which is if it's not effective, it's not effective. And, uh, and, and that's so true in branding. Branding is essentially a sorting device for, for consumers. So, and that's why you add the other elements. That's why you add the descriptor. That's why you add the positioning. So for instance, if you were looking for, you know, the best um, in, in motor vehicles, uh, you might choose Mercedes because the Mercedes positioning and their, and their whole branding is the best or nothing. If you want to enjoy the spirit of Australia when you fly, you're, you're more likely to choose um, Qantas. If you want to enjoy the happiest place on earth, you're, you're, um, you choose Disneyland. Uh, that's, that's their positioning, that's what they promote. If you want to get motiv- motivated to exercise, you choose Nike Sportswear because their, their whole motivation and inspiration is just do it. And that's how it works. So it, branding is a combination of all these elements and then, and then presented um, in an emotional way. Another strong brand, particularly in Australia, is Arnott's, and they recently refreshed their brand with a new logo. And a lot of people would have also seen the new logo for Australian Made. 
And for those that haven't seen them, I'll put the images in the show notes at marketingbuilder.net. But Pete, the question for you is, why would Arnott's do that? Why would they suddenly think they needed new branding or a refresh? Because it's such a long, well-established brand with emotional connections about childhood and Australia. Why would they make the change? Sometimes there's change for the sake of change. Um, often a new marketing director comes in. I've seen it happen with many um, big brands in, in Canberra. And they come in and they want to make their mark. And so then they go through this process of redesigning. And you're spot on, right? But there is a time when you have to evolve a brand. And, and most of the bigger brands, even the Coca-Colas, even the Qantases and so forth, have evolved their, their looks, Commonwealth Bank, and, and, and you could quote, quote many of them. But it needs to be done with integrity. Otherwise, it doesn't create the desired result. You know, it needs to establish further relevance and further resonance. And I, I think that that particular Arnott's one, that's a corporate refresh. It's not a, it's not a retail refresh. So I think what they've done is just created this new icon to be more contemporary from a corporate perspective. People don't buy Arnott's, they buy Tim Tams, you know. You know, I don't think it's going to make too much difference to the marketplace. But if they were to try and contemporize that 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 brand and take away that uh, that association that you talk about you know with your kids and, and you know your childhood and so forth that would be very very damaging to the brand i want to come back to your point that sometimes a refresh or a rebrand is justified but firstly i want to get your thoughts what what were your first thoughts when you saw the new arnott's logo a bit indifferent, to be honest. I uh, I couldn't see its relevance. It had lost its it had lost its hominess. But that's the funny thing, right? That was probably the thing, the reason they changed it in the first place was because it was too homely. But that's its charm, you know. That's and that's its charm, and you and you've got to hang on to that stuff. And as I say, you know, brands get changed for the sake of change, and they and they haven't really studied their markets. And if you went to the marketplace and said, "Should we change our Arnott's brand?" I bet you the marketplace would say. No, thank you. We, we like what we've got. And the same with that Australian made logo. I mean, well, what's your thought? That was going to be my next one. What, what were your initial thoughts when you saw that? Well, again, I don't get it. You know, I, I look at it and I don't get it. I mean, what people are saying, it looks like a, you know, the COVID virus. And, <laughs> and um, I mean, the previous brand was so simple, you know, with the, the green and the gold and the kangaroo and, and, and the, the triangle and so forth. And then they go and create this, this uh, whatever you want to call it. I think it's supposed to represent wattle well if we have to have this discussion where we're saying we think it's supposed to do that then it's not working well the only reason i know <laughs> that was because i read it in the article well, there you go there you go I, I certainly don't pick it up from the logo so let's come back to that point about rebranding and refreshing how does an average business not not a coca-cola or an arnott's or somebody huge like that how does an average business those people that are listening to the show know that it's time to rebrand or maybe refresh is there some sort of brand audit process or the like that people can follow? There are many. They All they've got to do is Google um, brand audit and there's uh, 101 templates and so forth that they can answer questions on. But from my perspective, I, I think there's a few questions that they can ask of their branding and if they're honest in their assessment, they'll be able to make a call as to as to what to do that. And so those, those questions are, is it authentic? So by that, I mean, does it reflect or represent their core character and purpose? You know, the reason why they get up in the morning, the reason why they, they do the business that they do, 
can they hand on heart say yes this this authentically represents represents us does it connect with people right a brand as i said it has to be effective to be effective so does it have emotional connection and if it doesn't so in other words the way you know about emotional connection is are, are they choosing other brands your competitive brands as well as yours or, or are they loyal to you and if they're loyal to you there's a reason for it does your brand deliver consistent high worth results for the price so is it is it a consistent experience people have to be very careful with this consistency in, in the delivery of their brand i mean I had an experience just recently at a restaurant that, that uh, Debbie and I would go to at least once a month. And pre-COVID, this restaurant was fantastic. And um, we would go there. We knew the owners by name. We would just say to the owners, please just bring what you think we would like tonight. And, um, and they would bring us um, a variety of dishes and we would love it. And then COVID hit, and then we went along, and suddenly the experience had changed. The consist- can, can, can I make a comment there? Yeah, sure. Sorry to interrupt, yeah. but I want to ask this question before you keep talking so i've had similar experiences it almost felt like people had forgot how to operate exactly 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 and it was so sad to be honest because as i say it it had become something that we were connected to right we looked forward to that that um, that visit each month um, and the experience was consistent for at least two years. And then during COVID, suddenly we go in there, there's only so many tables that they can accommodate. And please, I, I forgive them for the COVID situation, but I'm just saying it's how you deliver the experience, right? You think it'd be easier. That's right, that's right. And suddenly they've both got masks on and we sat down and then one of them came over. It was a very, very cold engagement. And uh, what would you like? And we said, no, no, you just uh, bring out what you think. No, no, we need you to order. You have to tell us what you want. And it was the the intimacy had gone out of the experience. And Debbie walked out and said, we're not going back there again. And, and you know, on reflection, we will go back there again because they are probably struggling and they are, they've probably been through a lot of uh, pain and economic uh, pain and so forth. So you have to forgive them. And I'd certainly give them a second chance. But I guess what I, my point is there that are you delivering a consistent high worth experience to to your customer? Paying attention pays. You have to pay attention to the delivery of your of your service because the minute you you don't deliver on your promise, your 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 client has an option and they can leave. And if they leave, they won't come back. So please, you know, if I can put a point to, to people, be consistent in the delivery of your of your service. And the interesting point for me there, and you see this across a lot of service-based industries, it's not about the transaction. You don't just go there because you're hungry. You went there for a whole range of reasons, and sometimes businesses lose sight of that. That's so true. That's so true. It's the it's it's the total experience. That's exactly right. The other question is: Do consumers perceive, perceive you as convenient? So this is accessibility. Are you are you available, or are you sometimes open, sometimes not open? Are you sometimes online, sometimes offline? All those sorts of things. You you need to be there when your customer expects you to be there. And then, are your customers and potential customers aware of your brand and how how it can help them? Um, and that's positioning awareness. Um, so too many businesses just have a name and they, they say, I'm a plumber and I'm Joe Blow plumber. And, and that's, that's all, they, all they say. But what's the point of difference over you as a plumber versus the next person as a plumber? 
And are you enthusiastic and proud to communicate your brand? Is it your best salesperson? Is it your partner in business? Um, if you believe in your brand, if you're enthusiastic about it, if you believe in your proposition, your markets will believe in it. But if you're just um, ambivalent about it, it's just there to be a, a name for your business, then that's exactly how your markets will perceive it as well. There's some great questions for business owners and staff to work through if they're considering a rebrand or refresh or to check whether their brand is, is sitting at the right spot. Does the target audience or your existing customers come into that process at all? Should you be speaking to them and saying, look, what do you think of our brand and our promise and how we deliver? Or is that, or is that a bit dangerous? It can be. Look at how honest you want to be. I think it's a good strategy to, to, to go to your market. It depends on where you're at in that brand development process. So if you think you've got those components, i.e. a name and descriptor and a, and, a, and a positioning and it's still not working, it's still not resonating, then by all means go and, go and get it tested. But if you've just got a name and you haven't really paid due, due consideration to the build of your brand, then you should go and see somebody that can help you with it, build that proposition and then maybe test it with the marketplace. Peter, you've worked with some amazing brands over the years, and I know you probably don't want to play favourites, but I'm going to put you on the spot. What is a brand that you've developed that you are either really proud of and or just really enjoyed working on that, and why? I guess the ones that I most enjoy working with are the ones that, that reflect and complement the character and the purpose of the business. And there was one that I really enjoyed and the result um, has been fantastic for this this couple. This, uh, this couple came to me, uh, Sanjay and Sunita, and they wanted to set up an Indian restaurant. They were both chefs, they were both working in the public service, but they had this, this vision to create a, a restaurant that uh, extolled their virtues as chefs, but also gave back to the community. And this spirit of generosity just kept coming through and coming through in the brand workshop. And I went away and I did all my research and um, I actually came up with the word dana, uh, D-A-A-N-A, and that's derived from, uh, from the Hindi and it means the, the spirit of generosity in, in Hindi. And um, it's subsequently been applied. We built the brand. They've, they've moved venues a couple of times, each, each time growing. They've created Dana Pantry. They too have had COVID challenges, but are doing uh, very, very well. And that came about, that, that Dana, which means um, the spirit of generosity and giving back, came about out of the core of these two people whose purpose was not just to cook great meals for a restaurant and have a successful restaurant, but to give back to the community. And I think they're quite now famous in our Canberra community for that very thing. Outstanding. And listeners, I will put a link to the show note in the show notes to that for you. Peter, great chat. Smartest man in branding that I know. If people want to connect with you, maybe find out how you can help with their branding. What can they do? Where can they go? Altitudebrands.com.au. That'll give them some case studies and so forth and outline what I do and give them an option to get in touch with me. Peter Ring, CEO at Altitude Brand Strategy. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your insights and advice on branding. That was great. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate it. One good thing business operators do is tell powerful stories to help them illustrate their point. That's why I love so much the Qantas story Peter shared with us. You can feel the emotion yourself as you, you project yourself into the same situation. A powerful brand indeed when it can evoke emotion just like that. Plus so much other great advice in the wider chat to help you build a strong and successful brand that delivers on your promises and that people can 
trust. You can find out more about how Peter can help you and your business at altitudebrands.com.au or search for Peter Ring on LinkedIn. That's a wrap for episode 29. Loved this episode? Good. Make sure you don't miss the next one and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn or wherever it is you listen to your podcast. Simply search for Marketing Builder. I'd also love to hear from you on what marketing you're crushing or maybe you're finding it tough at the moment or you have a question about something. Please connect with me on LinkedIn. Just search for Daniel Oyston, that's O-Y-S-T-O-N. Or follow Marketing Builder on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just search for Marketing Builder or the handle M-K-T-B-L-D. Until next time, may your marketing be awesome and I look forward to you joining me on the next episode of Marketing Builder. This show was developed, hosted, and produced by Daniel Oyston from Content Grasshopper, the creator of Marketing Builder. Marketing Builder is the easy-to-use, step-by-step card-sorting system for cutting through all the marketing fluff out there and to help you build a marketing plan you are actually on board with. For more information, visit marketingbuilder.net or contentgrasshopper.com.au. Thanks for listening.